Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks of University of California Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services. I'm joined by my co-host, child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hi, Tosha. Hi, Dr. Parks. Third-year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Diem Nguyen. Hi, Diem. Hi, Dr. Parks. And second-year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Joshua Poole. Hi, Joshua. How you doing, Dr. Parks? Long time no see. Yeah. You've been... <laughs> what, have, what, have, what have you been doing with your time? I've been on vacation, staycation oh, mostly. Yeah. Or nice, nice. Staying in my car on a road trip. And then, well, yeah, that's about getting it. Getting his haircut. <gasps> well, they opened. They opened. So that's, I don't feel bad. Not illegally. <laughs> not oh. illegally. It wasn't like yeah, a not illegally. back alley. That's a high stakes game, actually, you know, when you're out there doing things, stuff like that. Okay, the views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent University of California. UC Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR School of Medicine. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about escapism. Um, you know, uh, there's been a lot of that going on since we've all been isolating or staying at home. Um, but at first, you know, there's so many things going on right now with the civil unrest and, the, um, you know, all the talk about police brutality and police killings. I, I kind of want to just throw it out there um, and check in with folks. How are you doing? Because I know this is affecting a lot of people. It's affecting me. It's affecting all my clients for sure. How are we all doing? I've been pretty um, upset, anxious, hopeless. Um, it's been, you know, taking up a lot of my my mind space for the past week. You know, it's just constantly there, always, pretty much. Yeah, there are definite like arguments with family members, I think, about politics, race and religion now that I tend to avoid, but I feel like I, I feel like I need to speak out more. And that's probably a response to, I guess, the country speaking out more. Yeah, I'm feeling uh, an incredible um, a ten, a desire to want to say things and want to talk to people about what's going on and yet an incredible pressure about what I say and how I say it and my phrasing. Mm -hmm. Do you ever, have, have you all felt that too? Yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think we should all be considering our own role in all of this more. Yeah, no, this definitely is a time for self-reflection. Um, and, and just for the country itself to reflect on where we're going or what we're doing. And mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, to, to today's, this week's show, but, but also um, in future shows, we're, we're going to be addressing that hopefully as head on as we can. Um, before I get to um, our topic of the day, escapism, does anyone have anything, that, um, any new studies or any new thoughts or anything that they've heard recently they want to talk about? I know that... Um, yeah, just, just interrupt me because I'm just going to keep talking. I know that there's okay. been, I know that we talked in the previous uh, show about the difference between liberals and conservatives and how they perceive information because that's really. Oh, yeah. Are you right going to cite that? Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I no, have I have a citation for that. Uh, for, for sure. For sure. I mean, I have this, of course, I have an interest in it because 
you know, from my perception, now I feel a lot more worried than before that everyone's opening up, uh, everyone's going outside without masks, and it, they it, they feel it's fine because they feel it's a lot of folks that are conservative in nature. They they feel that the COVID nineteen epidemic pandemic was overhyped, um, and so it does affect it affects me, and I, I feel more worried now actually um, because of that. But I did see a study, um, and it it looked at how liberals and conservatives uh, view different kinds of facts based on how much time they spent watching conservative or liberal news outlets. And it did find that conservatives that spent a lot of time with conservative news, they were much more likely uh, to incorrectly identify certain facts in the news and same with liberals, too. If they were exclusively watching a lot of liberal programming, liberal news sites, and they would also significantly, it went from 3%, if you don't, like, you, you'll, you'll, you'll make a misattribution and, and a misstatement of facts if you don't look at some of this conservative liberal news media kind of stuff. If you just watch the straight news, then you only have a 3% chance of making a mistake, whereas if you do, you it jumps up to 30% or 10%. So it's, it's susceptible to both. To both groups, but I will say that the, the the amount of mistakes that conservatives made was much higher. So I do have to kind of say that. <laughs> so I so I could get a little okay. bit of glee from that actually, where ten percent of liberals made mistakes, thirty three percent of conservatives made mistakes. What were the topics they were presenting? It was um, it, it okay. So for for um, for lib- for conservatives is Obama's birthplace. And whether there were WMDs in Iraq. Oh, interesting. Okay, so then, so if, if you watched a lot of Fox News and you know Rush Limbaugh and stuff, then you would get those things wrong thirty-three percent of the time. Right. Is oh. that talk to the misinformation of Fox News? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I see that. I draw that conclusion for sure. Yeah. But, in the spirit of talking about the news, I think this is kind of germane to it. The way that I've been, so this whole this whole situation has been like unbelievably stressful, I think for me. But but it's not been stressful in the sense that I'm trying to figure out what's true so much as that I'm trying to figure out how we as a people in this nation can like strive for connectedness and understanding again. Like, that's the thing that's been bothering me the most is mm-hmm. that both, you know, it has been, it's been my belief for a long time that both people are, both sides of the political spectrum are given to emotionalizing and sort of interpreting all incoming information according to previous, like, priors, if you want to call them that, or, like, the schemas you have. So all information gets fit into sure, that. Sure, of course, yeah. And then you decrease the value of information that you disagree with and that to me like confirmation bias sort of like a confirmation bias it's also known as like uh, the canonical microcircuit or the predictive coding model for consciousness so it's a lot of people see like there's this assumption that we have a deductive reasoning model for how we encounter information when the exact opposite is true we have an inductive model where we have a schema and then we fit information into it information that doesn't fit gets downgraded or if it's sufficiently disruptive or surprising you can change your schema but this kind of flies in the face of people saying you well, I'm a logical person I think I look at the facts and I make a decision 
that's really not how your brain works. Your brain doesn't take any of that information in a vacuum. So to me, I, I'm worried about information coming in because to me, all of it is given to bias in a way that mm -hmm. you will only see the information that confirms what you say. So sure. being pre pre predominantly like emotional beings and not logical beings, my concern is how do we get past... Because everybody tries to make it, well, this is about the facts. This is about you know, what was done and said. But it's like, but even the way the facts were recorded were placed under a bias. Anyway, all this to say, I got this app called Ground News. Okay. And it, this is not where I was expecting it to I, go. Sorry, I would have gone on for another 10 minutes. I apologize. <laughs> it's called Ground News. Okay, Ground News. And uh, it basically takes all of, the, all of the news sources and then it shows you all the news sources and then it gives a political alignment. Is the center, lead left, lead right, right or left? Um, based on like independent reviewers, like 500 independent. Of each article? Of each article. And then at the end of the week, it gives you a blind spot detector. Like if you lean left, you're going to miss this coverage. If you lean right, you're going to miss this coverage. Hmm. And That's more than cool. just giving me like very balanced information in a way, or I guess as much as anyone can, it reminds me to keep in mind my biases when I interpret news. And if, if ever I feel emotional, I know that I need to check whatever it was. If you elicit that emotion. Yeah. Who is determining this scale and then uh, how? So they have, I think it's like 300 to 500 independent reviewers that kind of read the information and then put where they think it lies. And then they do an average and like statistical, like line of best fit kind of regression mean of what, what it would fit under. Mm, Who makes cool. this app? I don't know. It's a good oh. question. How did you hear about it? Honestly, it was on one of my philosophy YouTube videos. <laughs> They're yeah. like, hey, check out Ground News. So. I wonder what qualifications the people who are rating it have. It's a good, it's a good question. That's really interesting. I'd, I'd be interested in checking that out. Okay. So when people are put in stressful situations, they are motivated to reduce that stress. And one of the ways is mental disengagement or escapism and there's different ways to do it um binge watching is is a way to do it what's what's the last what what's the last series you binge watched tosha um let's see the last oh homecoming have you guys seen homecoming what's that no Oh my God! You know what? We should actually talk about this show because <laughs> Wait, it's, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's about a clinical trial of a PTSD drug gone awry. We should definitely talk about this oh, show okay. sometime. Oh, Let's okay, it. what's it on? All right, about seventy percent of Americans um, do mm -hmm. some binge watching, um, and they do it for different reasons. Is they do it because there's a greater sense of control over over you know your entertainment things like that. There's a bit a fandom kind of thing. Um, there's, there's an efficiency, you know, kind of thing. Um, so, you know, when, when people are looking and demonstrating these kinds of motivations of binge, watch, of binge watching, then they're going to binge watch much, much more those motivations. So it's control or they're a fan or they're, they want some efficiency there. And then also they found that people that do a lot of binge watching are sensation seeking and um, they have higher needs for cognition. Um, meaning, meaning needs for cognition are things like, um, you, you like to um, figure with puzzles and stuff. You like to, you, you like to, um, you're fascinated with them, 
um, looking at the complicated um, nature of things and, and stuff like that. You think that describes you? You think uh, any of you? Do, do I, you have I don't a, know. Do you have a need for cognition and your you sensation seeking? It it depends. It depends on like what the content is that I'm binging, right? Because like you you kind of get different things out of different shows you watch. For instance, like when the lockdown first happened, of course, my fiance and I binge watched Tiger King because that was the thing to do. And it was sensational mm-hmm. and it was addictive. But right now we're also like power. I won't say binge watching because it's metered, metered, but we are power watching all of Westworld together. Mm. And that one is not so much the sensation as it is like the time for reflection and then the conversations we can have afterward. So I don't know. It depends on the content of the thing I'm binge watching final answer yeah that's true yeah well what other what is do you feel like you engage in escapism definitely (laughs) who doesn't engage in escapism what 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 form of escapism because this is important because they they did find that you know sometimes when you have your own personal problems um you don't want to do any escapism that has anything to do with that if you have your romantic problems you don't want to do escapism in romance they found so what kind of escapism do you engage in? So, I mean, I, I think I'm going to, I'll be honest. I stocked up on wine when the whole COVID <laughs> happened. <laughs> like I went out to like the grocery stores and bought like a lot of wine. Drinking, drinking uh, is going else, up though. Yes. It's everybody fine. else like stocked up on toilet paper and I stocked up on wine. <laughs> um, yeah, you, and Fools. You, you told them when they were getting the toilet yeah. paper. <laughs> Um, so that was my form of escapism. And then as the as lockdown kept going on and on and on, I noticed myself like turning to memories of I would I would actually have dreams of times when I would travel. I would have dreams Aww. of living in Thailand again or oh like, in, like South Africa. And I would wake up like kind of sad, but also oh, happy. Definitely. I would like oh. look through these pictures and. I started like thinking of where I wanted to travel and it was like everything was locked, like planes weren't flying anywhere. Um, but wow, wish wish yeah. fulfillment in your dreams. Yeah. That sounds cool. Wow. Now if you're just joining us, this is Let's Get Psyched on KUCR and we're talking about escapism and what uh, what some of the research says, but what how we are doing our own escapism and what the kind that's healthy or not healthy. Um, have, have you noticed that this is your clients are ga- engaging a lot of escapism, maybe through alcohol, more drug use? Um, and people I've talked to, uh, let's say on the uh, like people I know, not patients, um, they're playing a lot of video games, watching a lot of TV. Um, and I just wanted to comment the video game industry has actually been one of the few industries who have profited during coronavirus in um, one article I saw on the Washington Post actually uh, published in May said that video game sales in March approached $1.6 billion, which is about a 35% year over year increase. Wow. Um, so there's a what ton of people playing that everybody was doing was it like it was like every, they animal, crossing? animal crossing animal crossing <laughs> yeah. created like a parallel world in animal yes, crossing that is very interesting animal crossing. there's also been a large spike in multiplayer games online um and i don't know if you how much you guys play but like 
across platforms, they're allowing people to play together, which is really big. Um, but that has allowed for a lot more social engagement through the video game community. That is interesting. So not only have people actually genuinely created like more connection through playing together, but mm. some people, a subset of people have like created a separate, like more saccharine sort of uh, bucolic lifestyle through Animal Crossing <laughs> where like you can escape yeah. to a sweeter place. Yes. That is fascinating. A cartoon version of our world. Yeah. Right. With like soft, squishy animals that are all cute and whatnot. When do you yeah. know when people's escapism is going awry and it's it's worse for their mental health? Or when when do you recommend? What do you step in and say? Oh, I don't know about like. Or how do you assess it? Hmm. I mean, they they found that you know with, when people that have a lot of fantasy seeking and they want to uh, kind of obtain the greater sense of efficacy, you know, in a fantasy world, and they're doing a lot of video games, and and they have low self esteem, then they they do have trouble moderating their video game use. And they often like spend hours and hours and hours playing video games. I think a lot of times it you can look at the same criteria for addiction, right? Like, um, is this taking up more time than you anticipated? Um, do you feel like you have a hard time turning it off? Um, do it is it impairing? Yeah, other spheres of your functioning, such as social relationships, responsibilities at work responsibilities to your family, things like that. Yeah, I mean, um, sometimes when people um, talk about video games, I kind of look at, like, what, what else is going on in your life? You know, what else are you doing? Yeah, you know, or another one I think is really key is, are you still engaging in that um, when you know that it has bad mental health effects or poor physical health effects? Like people playing video games, if they're playing video games all day and then they're having problems sleeping at night because they're just sitting most of the day, um, something like that, you know, that would, that's a sign to me. I wonder if, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Like that. I also don't necessarily think escapism, you know, completely into video games is a bad thing. I think, um, there are some, working with autistic kids, you know, they have a hard time connecting to the outside world. Through video games, they found a safer outlet for them to feel connected and they can mm -hmm. become immersive in it for hours. Mm -hmm. um, or kids with So downs. that's actually helping one of their, so one of their functions, their spheres of functioning. Exactly. And like... It's yeah, I think technology, use, utilizing technology to give them a form of escapism, especially for people who can't leave the house um, and, you know, they have Animal Crossing or I don't know. Um, they, I think it, it gives them hope and I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if it doesn't interfere with their, like Tosha said, with, you know, what is what you need to function even if it's all you have, as long as you don't think it's a problem and the people around you don't think it's a problem, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's not replacing completely your social interactions with your family or your partner or something like that. Or, hmm. yeah. You're not just spending all day um, playing video games and not going to class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen um, some good news that YouTube 
channel that John Krasinski made. He sold it. He right? sold it. He yeah, sold it to, actually... to Viacom CBS. Yeah. No, yeah. what is it? So it's this um, YouTube channel that John Krasinski produces and created. And it, in the span of eight weeks, he's gotten 2.56 million subscribers. And he makes a weekly episode. So out of the eight episodes he's made, um, some of these episodes are racking up to like 17 million individual views so it's this really big thing online and um it it's the whole theme of it is just disseminating good news from around the world mostly america but from around the world it's an opportunity to feel good about Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. actually going on that's good (laughs) yeah an escape from uh Bad news. <laughs> no news is good or news. reality. <laughs> the reality of our lives that's like making the news right now. Yeah, but have you ever seen someone, either as a client or as an, uh, just in your own um, life, um, just socially, that is so positive you feel it was not good? They're always looking on the bright side and always thinking about positive things that it it was not good. Oh, like to the point they're in denial or, or like something? Is, or... That, is that where you draw the line? Like denial of what, though? I think you can sense like the the fear in somebody's voice when they're like their positivity has gone to the point of like denial or delusion. You can kind of feel you're not going near something, and that's the thing we need to talk about. That's the thing we need to talk about. The thing you're not going near. (laughs) Now that's a client, or is that your friend or something saying that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a very good friend. I just I do it to everybody. (laughs) Oh, you're right, Josh. I'm hiding something. Let's talk about your mother. (laughs) <laughs> well I, yeah i mean i i, I that's, you know what I, I sometimes when people are super positive it it annoys me a little bit this actually yeah. brings up kind of an interesting yes. thing is that like uh we were kind of talking about this before the show is the limits of escapism like to to what point can you do it because like I mean, I was talking to you guys like there were protests going on like three streets from my house, and when I was driving up and down the coast uh, last week, um, we stopped in all these major cities right near the protests. And it's like, you mm-hmm. you almost can't escape when mm-hmm. it's so close. And I'm wondering if that's important. Like if you something look is- look toward the ocean and not toward land. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what good I it mean, does. I mean, I think- in this particular context of what's going on in current events, um, we can also consider that it is a privilege for us to be able to escape from the stress of this going on. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Right? We don't have to deal with this stress every day like certain communities do. No, that's true. I mean, I have have a client that that they can't escape the protests because it's right outside their door. Mm And I am lucky enough to be in a small town where none of that happens. Right. To be able to choose whether we want to listen to this news, whether we want to care about this news is a privilege. So uh, do you feel like um, is escapism justifiable now when we have so many important issues going on in this country is is that a strategy right. that is okay? Would you say yes? That's okay, given how intense it is. Or 
you feel like, well, really, uh, to be a responsible citizen, yeah, yeah go. I, I think because for myself, I have the same feeling of this is uncomfortable. This is causing me to feel a lot of stress. My natural reaction is I want to run away from it. I don't want to have to feel about this feel the way I do about this and for some of it I have felt pretty numb and hopeless like I mentioned at the beginning um and I I think that is okay I think a lot of people are feeling different ways about what's going on and it's okay to feel that way it's okay to take time to process how you're doing and what this means for you but then after you're done processing it then the decision is up to you about what you want to do with that does that make sense yes yeah i mean i i kind of look at this as like you know are you afraid of your feelings or are you afraid of um your for your safety you know i mean because i you know i i feel like if you're afraid of your if you if it's a feeling that you're afraid of i feel like that you can get into a habit of that where you're you're just running away from feelings all the time and, yeah. you know, you want to feel your feelings mm-hmm. because otherwise, how can you make decisions and have good judgment and intuition and recognize and understand things if, if you're just running away from the feelings? And yeah. so I definitely, you should, I and agree with you. we have feelings for a reason. We, we need those feelings. We need fear, anxiety. Those are there for a reason. They're important. Yeah. Investigate that. Like mm-hmm. I, if, if you're feeling super uncomfortable with everything going on, ask yourself, why? Why is it? And is there something there that, you know, maybe you didn't even recognize that was some belief or thought that you held, you know? And I'm going to argue for the other end of that. <laughs> I'm um, going to say... More vodka, uh, DM? Come on. <laughs> no, I'm going to say that I've seen a lot of patients in the psych ED this past week where their fear and their anxiety given the current situation has gotten so intense that they you don't, they can't turn it off and mm-hmm. they they even escapism isn't something that they're considering because it's it's not it's possible be, for them it's not possible it's like the the fear and anxiety has gotten too ruminative and too intense for them and i and that's actively, why we're seeing what we're seeing in the world yeah, and I actively encourage escapism for them. I tell them you need to <laughs> you prescribe it. TV. I prescribe it. I'm like, tell me things that make you happy and that you enjoy. And I'm gonna. Oh. And you need to turn off the news. You need to turn off like everything that you can that you are aware that's gonna trigger you right now. When there's so many easy triggers, and you need to find temporary places of relief for you. I think that's really good. Because it's not like you're saying, turn it off forever and then just lock yourself in a box. You're you're wanting to be strategic about this, and now is not the time to flood your mind with all of this, right? Yeah, to 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 limit it, and perhaps at at in, in the near future, maybe gradually reacquaint yourself with some of the like the news and some of these things right. that are going on. Because you can't you can't stay in a hole all your life, but you're you're saying at this particular time, this is not healthy for you. Exactly, or or also um, some sort of outlet for catharsis that's safe and healthy. That would be another thing I would recommend. Yeah. Do you believe in catharsis, though? Do, do, do you believe that you, yeah. know, you have things pent up and you need to release them like a pressure valve or something? 
Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, torn. like a good cry for me. <laughs> that helps a lot. Oh, have you heard of those rooms where you just like break stuff? Okay, see, that's oh. that's what I'm skeptical of. Like a cry, I can believe very cathartic, but there's a lot of evidence mounting that like when you release anger, it doesn't get rid of anger. It propagates anger. Because you're practicing anger. Because you're practicing yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, 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 I was in a, um, a group supervision back in the day where um, there's a bioenergetics therapist that said, you know, you need to do this to manage anger. Throw throw ice cubes at the wall and you know, do all this angry acting out. Scream in a pillow. Yeah. No, all that. But yeah, it can be just practicing for the future. And that will do it for us here at Let's Get Psyched. We talk, we're talking about escapism, um, health effects, um, what we recommend to our clients and what we maybe do ourselves a bit. Um, thank you to our co-hosts, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi, Dr. DM Wynn, and Dr. Joshua Poole. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write us at getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. That's getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. You can also listen to past episodes of Let's Get Psyched on your favorite streaming platform. This episode was recorded in each of our respective homes and then mixed by our producer at KUCR, Elliot Bond. So special thanks go out to him. I've been your host, psychologist, Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched.